Morning. I'm going to bring us our sermon reading to us. Colossians chapter 4, 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. G'day and welcome. It is great to be gathered around God's Word together. If I haven't met you, my name's Pete Stacey. It's a short passage, that isn't it? And uh, thanks for reading that passage known as the Great Commission as well. I'm looking around for Steve. Where are you, Steve? Yeah, and what a joy it is to read the Bible to your kids or vice versa as well. Thanks for sharing that. It's really encouraging. Uh, We're continuing in our series called Let's Talk. And we're really hoping that in this series, uh, one of the things that, that will happen is that it really increase our joy as people have been saved by God. You know, as we talk about being saved by God, it's like, wow, it is actually really great to be saved by God. Uh, it's one of the things that we uh, also hope is that our confidence in sharing will increase. Uh, as John said, we're also going to spend several weeks looking at some of those belief blockers, those common stumbling blocks to uh, coming to faith in Christ. And we hope that this not only encourages us in, in our own faith, uh, personally, but it gives us a great, uh, greater confidence in being able to engage in those kinds of issues as we talk uh, with others in conversation. Last week, we looked at the gospel message. We began by looking at what is the gospel, the wonderful news, that because of Jesus' death on the cross for our sins, we can be reconciled to our God and maker, adopted into his family, our sins forgiven, our guilt removed, The wonderful gift of God's Holy Spirit living in our hearts to comfort us, counsel us, guide us uh, and strengthen us as we seek to live for Jesus. It's wonderful news, isn't it? Wonderful news. That's the gospel message. Today's focus, however, is on uh, the gospel messenger. And the gospel messenger is not just the TV evangelist or the professional preacher who goes around different churches or, or perhaps the overseas missionary, as great as they are, uh, or, or even your local, mission, uh, local minister. The gospel messenger is every person who has personally accepted the gospel, putting their trust in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And that's probably most of us here today. I want to say just three things uh, in this message to encourage us as gospel messengers. Number one, be witnesses. Secondly, share your story. Thirdly, share God's story. And we're going to spend nearly all of our time on that first point, be witnesses. And there should be some, uh, oh, they're at the very top of the screen there. Um, Let's pray and ask that God will help us as we look at these things. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your extraordinary kindness to us in Christ. Now that we are saved by you, please help us to learn how to be good and faithful messengers of the wonderful gospel message in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, several years ago, we were holidaying on the Gold Coast and we discovered the massive DFO, direct factory outlet, yeah, um, complex called Harbour Town. Has anyone been to Harbour Town? I think it, when it like, first opened, I, I think it was the, like, the largest DFO in the Southern Hemisphere, something like that. 240 uh, specialty shops of individual brands. Massive. Um, we were after sports shoes. And one of the things that we noticed, and it made perfect sense, is that like you walk in and every salesperson is like really fit. <laughs> and like, yeah, if it was a Nike shop, they're all decked out in Nike. Asics, it was everything Asics, you know, uh, and Lorna Jane was the same. Uh, did they sell shoes? I just tried to identify with all the women. I was just having a go. <laughs> um, whatever brand it was, whatever brand it was, Every worker in the shop was a living example of the benefit of their label. And friends, that's exactly what God wants us to be. Living examples of the benefit of the gospel. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And where that part, right? Australia is about as far as you can get from where Jesus ascended to heaven. Now, he didn't say you will do witnessing as though it was something you could just tick off your Christian to-do list. He said you will be my witnesses. It involves our whole life lived in response to the gospel for the glory of God. That's why Paul says in this passage, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, people who don't know Jesus yet. Who we are is the starting point of sharing our faith. Words have their place, and we'll get to that later. But from the outset, I want to emphasize that God wants us to be living examples of the wonderful benefit of the gospel. 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul includes this long section of practical advice uh, on following Jesus in all kinds of different areas of life. And listen to how he wraps it up. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's that whole life thing again. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many. Why? so that they may be saved. Follow my example, he says, as I follow the example of Christ. See the motivation there? Gospel messengers live for the glory of God and the good of others. Their lives reveal their Lord. So that through their living witness, see what can happen? So that others may be saved. Let's drill down a bit more and see how this works. Last week, we saw that the gospel is the wonderful news of God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you missed it, it's still on the, the Facebook live stream. Have a look at it. Um, but like any gift, it must be personally received. And so I finished last week by explaining that God's gift of salvation is received by repentance and faith, turning away from sin and turning to Jesus, putting our trust in Jesus, saying yes to him as our saviour for eternity and our Lord in life. That's how the Christian life begins. 
Many years ago, I had the privilege of uh, going to an Aboriginal community and, and met one of uh, this great elder. Um, uh, and he encouraged me to learn, memorise a verse. It's probably one of the first verses I ever learned. Um, and he, he was a, a great pastor, great singer too. Had this really deep bass, gravelly voice. Awesome. <laughs> Still remember him singing. And, uh, and he told me this verse. Here's what it says. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. In other words, repentance and faith is not only how we start in the Christian life, but it's how we continue every day in the Christian life. And it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? You know, sin is all the attitudes and behaviours uh, that steer us away from God and his purpose for our lives and causes us and others so much harm. God says, stay away from it. Turn from it. That's not the good I created you for. It's the bad that will harm you. He says it because he loves us and he wants the very best for us. And faith is simply the other side of the coin. Turn away from sin. Jesus calls us to follow him because he knows that is what's best for us. He's given us life. He's given us all the unique individual personalities And he's prepared works in advance for us to do. And he knows what's best for us. Trust him. And he's promised, friends, to be with us every step of the way. So the gospel messenger, therefore, clothes themselves in repentance and faith. Every attitude of our heart and every moment of the day becomes a living example of God, the gospel of God's amazing grace to us. That's why Paul could say at the end of that last uh, passage, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Not just follow my example. Like Paul was, wasn't perfect. He was a forgiven sinner just like me and, and, and you. Instead he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's the requirement But in that way, we say it too. And we live it. If you've received God's gospel gift by putting your trust in Jesus, that makes us examples to others, whether we like it or not. We are a gospel messenger whose whole life is a living witness pointing people to the Lord of that gospel. What might this look like in our lives? I want us to consider particularly uh, repentance this morning. Admitting sin, asking for God's forgiveness or forgiveness of uh, people if that's what's needed, and learning to do what's right instead. Now can I say, we live in a culture that dodges blame, denies fault, and avoids personal responsibility wherever possible. It's nothing new. It actually started in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, Adam blamed Eve. He blamed the snake. The snake didn't have a leg to stand on. Oh, have you heard that one already? Oh, come on. Oh, uh, it's the last time I Google a sermon illustration. Um, <laughs> we, we live in a culture. Uh, we live in, in the culture, but we don't mindlessly follow the culture. We're different, not for the sake of being different, we're different because we follow Jesus, because we've been saved by him. And if we admit it when we are wrong in any, anything you know, and ask for forgiveness, 
it actually really stands out in our culture. Here's some examples. If you're a parent, be a living example of repentance to your children. Let them see when you, you've made a mistake, particularly relationally with them. You're willing to apologise and grab the opportunity to pray with them and, and let them hear you confess it to God and ask him to forgive you and to help you to obey. It's a powerful witness. It's a powerful witness to them of where your heart is. They might be answerable to you, but they can say, you're answerable to God. It's beautiful. Shows them what a mature Christian does. Teach siblings to apologise with words. You know, after working through a tussle, bring them to the point of saying, I'm sorry for, and, you know, give it a name, label it, you know, that helps. Uh, teach them to say those wonderful words, I forgive you. Not so common these days. I forgive you. And to demonstrate it in an appropriate way, like a big bear hug or something like that. <laughs> and tell them what the right behaviour is to do in the future so that they know how to honour God. When it comes to showing the gospel to kids, the most powerful illustration is the relationship between the parents. Marriage is the one relationship that by its very nature is meant to be a living example of Christ and the church. A place where repentance and faith can flourish, admitting wrong and turning from sin and together encouraging faith in one another. Now, the way to achieve this is not by focusing on some unrealistic, unachievable ideal of perfection in marriage. Phew! But to develop a lifestyle of repentance and faith. Friends, this is, this is wonderful and so liberating because it, it opens it up to every relationship, no matter how beautiful or how broken it may be how much we're struggling. Just admit that we're not perfect. That's why Jesus came and died. Recognise those areas where we are in the wrong. Confess it, turn from it, and ask God to change our hearts. It is very, very humbling. But it's also incredibly liberating. And it's a profound example to little watching eyes that we follow Jesus. Some more ideas. If you're an SRE teacher, don't just teach kids in your class, but be warm and gracious in your actions and your words with the class teacher and the admin staff, no matter how annoying they might be at times. I've been there. Let them see your faith in Christ. By following his example of genuine interest and concern for them. In the workplace, be like Jesus and be honest. Whether you're the boss or at the very bottom of the career ladder, be honest, especially when you make a mistake, because it, it honours Christ. I was so moved by this. One of our young people told me recently they'd made a mistake at work only a few weeks into a new job and they told the boss, even though he didn't know about it, and I reckon he probably wouldn't have found out anyway, um, they, they could have got uh, fired straight away. But I said to them, you know, if I was that boss, I'd be so kind of like gobsmacked and, and so impressed by the honesty, not thrilled about, you know, the mistake. But, but there's a worker I can trust. 
And maybe that's different to how other bosses would think, but that, that's just what I, th- I thought. And, and when the boss finds out that they're a Christian, that young person's a Christian, they can connect the dots. What's that going to say about the Christ whom that young person follows? It was awesome. Here's the thing. Most people know and trust a Christian before they know and trust Christ. Before we even say a word, our life is a living example of the gospel. Our behavior gives credibility to the message when it comes. (laughs) But there's the problem, isn't it? See, people who don't know the gospel interpret what they see in our lives with a completely different framework, a worldly framework. Ah, he's a good bloke. She's so kind. What a well-mannered young person. And that's about it, isn't it? Maybe some people would go further and say, oh, thanks, universe, for people like that. (laughs) It's becoming more and more common. So, so we actually need to provide them with a completely new framework, a Christian framework, so that as they see our lives, they know we are different because of Jesus. And we can only do this with words. We need to pray for the opportunity to share our story of God's kindness in saving us and the difference Jesus makes in our life. That's what Paul means when he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's why he begins this passage with this urgent plea, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We don't know when the opportunity is going to arise. Living and sharing our faith is so important so that others may be saved. Now, I'd love to like spend another four hours uh, going through a whole lot of great ideas. Um, but on Sunday, 19th February, 2 p.m., I'm going to do a whole seminar on it. I encourage you to come along. Um, it'll be very practical and helpful. Uh, but for today, I'm going to suggest just two really simple starting points. The first one is this. Let people know that you are a Christian. Simple as that. And we can do this almost every Monday morning when we answer the question, oh, how was your weekend? Or what did you get up to on the weekend? Just include church in the answer. It's so simple. But it immediately flags that you are some kind of God, you know, connected person. And the second idea, and again, this is so simple, is add to that answer One thing, one thing you like about being here at church. Because some believers, um, or or outsiders as this passage uh, says, have a negative attitude to church right from the outset. Even if they've never been to one, they've got that negative attitude. Uh, So we can avoid that kind of response before it even uh, starts if we simply add one brief positive. They're not expecting it. To get some ideas flowing, uh, right now, call some things out. What's one thing you like about church? Come on, five things. Call, call them out one at a time. The music, yeah, thanks, music team. Love the music, singing God's praises, yeah. What's something else? Sense of family, absolutely. Uh, coming from a great, great grandmother, 
That's awesome. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> Congratulations, Ruth. Very exciting just earlier this week. Great, great grandmother. Awesome. Yes, sense of family. What's another thing? Praying. Praying together. Yes. Learning, Learning together. Yeah. Awesome. Keep, keep thinking about it and share more ideas as you want to have one of those great coffees, which apparently happen after that. I'm in here ready for the next service. Um, it requires us that little bit of thought. How, how would I say it in my words? Yeah, I, I go to church, and what's one thing I like about church? Think about it. Prepare a little answer in your head, because it'll happen tomorrow morning. I was going to say guaranteed, but I can't quite say that. But, but it's such a common question. What did you get up to over the weekend? Include church and one thing you like about church. So simple. Keep sharing those ideas in conversations after church. If you can do those two things... So that you go to church and one thing you like about it, you've just labelled yourself as a kind of God-oriented person and, and this is quite unusual for, for many people, and you're happy about it. Right? I know enough people who go to a, a church of sorts, a religious building, and they're not happy about it. Let's not be one of those people. You've given them the beginning of a new framework as they observe your life. What's this God thing all about? What difference does it make? <laughs> and they're watching you for the answer, right? It may even lead to an opportunity to invite them along to hear about Jesus. It may even give you the opportunity to share yourself about Jesus and that... Uh, comes to our last point, for a person to become a follower of Jesus, there comes a point where they need to actually hear the gospel message. They might hear it in church, but equally and perhaps more powerfully, they might hear it from you whose life they've been watching. It might be lots of little bits over a long period of time or one memorable conversation we always need to be prepared, as one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, put it, to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We need to be prepared to share God's story. That's why Paul adds an urgent plea in, in the passage that was read for us. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. More than anything, what does Paul want to do? To proclaim the mystery of Christ. That's the gospel for which I am in chains, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And friends, it is this same gospel message that we live and share today. So it's very helpful to learn a, a simple way of actually sharing that gospel message. Um, th there's a, one in the Bible study this week, uh, and the, the youth have just learnt it last fourth term last year. And in fact, uh, the kids' ministry, they're learning it this term. Um, so I thought, why, why not all learn it together and we can practice with each other and it'll be just really awesome. Um, yeah, there's nothing worse. I've been there. Nothing worse than having the opportunity to share the gospel and getting all muddled up and forgetting what to say and just you kind you of freeze. Um, so I'm going to finish with simply another invitation to that seminar, uh, 2 p.m., Sunday the 19th. Put in your phone now if you have to. Um, 
because it's going to be really helpful. And, and actually, before then, next Saturday is the commissioning service for Amy Stevens. Uh, before she returns. One of our link missionaries before she goes back to Argentina. Um, it's up in Sydney. I'm, I'm going up. I'm going to try and get a minibus, but I would love to take a whole stack of people to just send her off and encourage her. She was one of the young people when I was running the youth group like two decades ago. Um, uh, that was just so keen not to just know Jesus but to share Jesus. And she'd go door knocking and do all sorts of things. And, um, and, and now she's, she's sharing Jesus as one of our linked missionaries. So encouraging. Not everyone's going to end up in full-time Christian ministry. But you know what? Wherever you are right now, in work or school or uni or whatever you're doing, retirement, you are a living zam- example of the gospel if you've received God's gift of eternal life. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, may you give us the grace not just to receive your good news, the gospel message, but to be living witnesses, faithful gospel messengers of your grace to us in Christ. Amen.